Welcome to the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Today, two recordings paint a picture through music of the life and passion of Christ. And painting, at least text painting, I think is exactly the right word to describe the musical interpretations on a 2014 Atma Classique recording from the Ensemble Viva Voce led by Peter Schubert, as well as the 2014 Harmonia Mundi release of the Choir of Clare College, Cambridge, directed by Graham Ross. Texts and music tell a story, and one challenge for composers during the Renaissance was to make their music support the storytelling of the text. Among some of the most enduring stories of the ages is the one about the life of Christ as related in the Gospels. Viva Voce's recording features Renaissance motets based on these texts, book-ended by Josquin on the early end, and Palestrina on the other, with lots of less familiar composers in between. Here's an example of a setting from the Gospel of John, where a man named Lazarus had gotten sick and died. This setting by Adrian Villert begins with Lazarus's sister weeping at his grave. Even though he had been dead four days, and as the gospel text reads, by this time there was a foul odor, Jesus calls to Lazarus in a loud voice to wake up and come out of the tomb. In Viva Voce's recording, the loud voice indicated in the text must have presented an irresistible invitation for Crescendo not to be passed up in performance. I was also really drawn into this interpretation of Gombert's Domine si tu es, a setting from the Gospel of Matthew that tells the story of Jesus walking on water, calming both the seas and his disciples' nerves in the process. After Jesus fed a crowd of thousands by multiplying five loaves of bread and two fish, that's a story for another time, by the way, but after feeding the 5,000, Jesus sent his disciples on ahead of him to cross the water. When the boat with the disciples on it was a good distance away, Jesus walked out onto the surface of the lake to meet them. Obviously, this wasn't normal, and the disciples in the boat were terrified, thinking it was a ghost coming after them. Peter, though, got up the courage and asked Jesus to prove it was him by letting him walk on water as well. And that's where Gumbert's text picks up. Domine situas. All goes well for Peter at first. He takes a few steps, but then the wind kicks up, Peter panics, and starts to sink. Here's the part in Gombert's motet where the seas get rough. You can hear the agitation in the singing. There's a breathiness, too, in particular, that mimics the wind, and Viva Voce picks up the tempo for this section of the motet.
As the text turns, though, so does the performance by Viva Voce. When Jesus reaches out his hand to steady Peter, the voices and the music become confident, the tempo steadies, and the contours smooth out. I like the sequence of programming on this CD. As it progresses, listeners go on a roughly chronological musical journey that narrates the various events in the life of Jesus, from birth to miracles to ministry to crucifixion to resurrection. But we'll interrupt that sequence with music from another CD, the choir of Clare College's Stabat Mater Dolorosa, Music for Passiontide. The music on this recording centers on the very specific time in Christ's life of his suffering and execution. Central to the disc are settings from the medieval poem Stavat Mater, which describes Mary in front of the cross watching her son die. Stabat Mater Dolorosa. At the cross her station keeping, stood the mournful mother weeping, close to her son to the last. Through her heart his sorrow sharing, all his bitter anguish bearing, now at length the sword has passed. Whether or not this text has personal religious meaning, the pain of a mother weeping as she witnesses her son's death is certainly a powerful and universal image. Gesualdo, with his characteristically tormented harmonies, seems to capture the anguish of this moment in his Calecaverunt Oculime, My Eyes Are Darkened by My Tears. It's not all early music on this recording. Alongside Talas, Bird, Lassus, and Bach, there's some Bruckner, too, and some newly completed works as well, even world premieres of two pieces written by the director of the choir, Graham Ross. His Ut Tecum Lugiam is inspired by this same perspective of Mary mourning at the cross. 
Aside from the obvious differences in style and repertory, both recordings exhibit two vastly different choirs. For one, the choir of Clare College is more than twice as big as Viva Voce, and their recording spaces are very different as well. Recorded at All Hallows Church in London, the Clare College disc has that very distinctive acoustic of a reverberant cathedral. You'll hear that the smaller Viva Voce choir was recorded in a space that comes across as being drier and perhaps more intimate. Their venue was Montreal's oldest church, actually, l'Église de la Visitation, constructed in the 1750s. Let's head back to that recording from Viva Voce that we began the podcast with. Musical scenes from the Gospels can't be complete without an account of the resurrection, and so another setting by Villert from the Gospel of Matthew closes Viva Voce's disc. Here, an angel rolls away the stone that has guarded the tomb, reveals that Jesus isn't inside, and declares, Now he is risen. Alleluia. If you'd like to know more about either of these recordings from Viva Voce or the Choir of Clare College, Cambridge, please visit our website, harmoniaearlymusic.org. While you're there, have a look at our archive of blogs, podcasts, and shows, and don't forget to check out our online shop, where a portion of your purchase will benefit Harmonia. This has been the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Thanks for listening.